Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. All right, uh, my name is Christopher, and I'm one of the pastors here in the church, and I'm so happy to have the privilege of preaching for you today. Um, I think we will have a great, we already have a great Sunday. It was wonderful worship, uh, and, and I just love coming together, meeting all of you, uh, praising God together, reading the Word of God together. Uh, and I want to start with, with just a small, small, uh, small story, you know, as a uh, as a pastor, you have a lot of, there's, there's hair on the mic, I don't know, I don't know if it's David or <laughs> whose hair this is. Um, I don't know uh, what, what to say. David, I find your hair on the mic. Bro, it's a beard. He's saving out some beard. He's trying to look like Walter when he's gone. He's taking his... Okay, so, so as a pastor, you have a lot of different responsibilities. And last week I was doing a wedding in Norway and you know to do a wedding is a lot of fun. No matter how you do it, everyone will love it. Everyone will think that you did so good because they will not remember anything you said, just the people that got married, you know. So you can say whatever and they will like, this was the best wedding ever, it was so good. Um, when, uh, when I recently became a pastor a couple of years ago, I, I remember that, that uh, we had a huge team leaving for the mission, mission field as, as usual. So Johannes and Walter and a lot of pastors went to the mission field. And, and just before they, they went, Walter called me and said, just so you know, if something happens back home, you're in charge. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. No, no problem. No problem. And the day after, I got a phone call um, from some friends to someone in the church that, that have just died and they wanted us to have a funeral. Uh, and I had never done a funeral. I mean, I have hardly been to a funeral. And, and in this church, we, are, we have a lot of giant people, so we haven't been having many funerals. And I was thinking, what should I do now? I mean, <laughs> it happened right when everyone else was gone. But, but when I was in leadership school, we had a task and we learned how to write and how to make a funeral. So I went into my inbox on my email and I was finding my old uh, funeral example that I've been writing in some, some eight years earlier. I found it and I saw that it, this was really good. And I called some other pastors in, in, in town and asked how to make a funeral. And then, then, then I was having this funeral. And, and it was not at all as I expected it. Because when you have a funeral, you come very close to a family. They, they're in the midst of the grief. And, and I thought this would be horrible to make a funeral because everyone is so sad. But actually, it's a very beautiful time to come and meet the family. And help someone that are mourning. Being comforting someone that are mourning. Comforting someone in one of the hardest times in their life. Be, being there praying with them. Reading the word of God to them. And, and, and just being together with them when, when they are in, in a very rough situation. Uh, it was an old man that have gone home to be with the Lord. So he, he had been living a full life. 
And so I was having this funeral and everything went well. I was, I was following the instructions that I've been writing years earlier. Uh, but then, then in the end, when we went out and we, we, we came to the grave, um, and, and I had read, written my notes that I should, should uh, read a blessing, some scriptures, and then we should pray together. But when I came there, it was, it was a big, uh, big bucket of, of dust or dirt. And, and, and uh, where the spot is um, a shuffle. And I came there, it was standing like, like some 10 meters from the grave. And I was thinking, is, should I do something with this? Is this like, like for me or should I just do this blessing and, and pray to you? Or should I? And I decided, no, I, I, I just, let, I, I skipped this. I, I, I don't know what it is. So I just went up there. I should start to pray. And then I was like, no, maybe I should bring it. So I, I went over. I took that bucket and I was, I was carrying it over to the grave. And then I, then I took, a, you know, I took some dirt and dust in a shuffle. And then, then I said, we are all coming from dust and we shall all return to dust. And I was pouring this dust or dirt down into the grave. And, and then one of the one they came up and they, they took a shuffle themselves and was also shuffling down some dust. And it became, it became a beautiful ceremony. And then we were, were, were praying together. Uh, but it was a very special moment. And I've been thinking of that since, since that day that, that we are all coming from dust and we are going to return to dust. That is actually very biblical. I, I didn't know, know if that was the right thing to do at that, that time. I think it was. Uh, but it's, it's something that is very biblical. I'm going to preach today a message that I call miracles in the dust or miracles in the dirt. And, and, and this thing that I just told you is come from Ecclesiastics where we can read. All go to the same place. All comes, come from dust and to dust all return. That is our life. You come from dust and to dust you should return. We live, I'm, I'm, I mean, is, isn't that an encouraging message this Sunday morning? You are dust. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor. It feels good. You are dust and you will be dust again. It feels like, okay, so what's the meaning of life? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. We all live once. We have one life. We, we have one chance to do these thing, this things called life. And many things that we do in life, we do one time. Many decisions we take in life will direct the rest of our life. Many moments, I mean no moments in life will ever come back. You are experienced this Sunday once. This Sunday is never coming back again. You may be back in this place. You may be back in this church. But this Sunday, this moment is never ever coming back. We live once. YOLO. We live once. And you have one childhood. One single, some people think that the childhood can continue the rest of their life and they try to live like that. But you have one time when you are a kid. You have um, likely one time, one chance to take an education or go through school. Some is taking a lot of educations. Some are taking a lot of half educations. Uh, but most people decide one profession and then they go that direction. Um, we hopefully just take one decision, who to spend our life with. I mean, it's a life-defining decision and moment. 
you will just give your your kids one upbringing you have one chance life happen once and life is long and life is short I mean your life is the rest of your life it's it's take all the time you have and and it in one way takes I mean it's a long life but in one way it's also short and we don't know when it ends. We, we, we cannot know how many days we have. And, and actually, um, in, in Psalm 9, 90 and 12, it's written, Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So when we can understand we are not going to live forever on this earth, our, we, we try to number our days. We try to understand that we're just living once. That will give you a heart of wisdom so you can really take care of your time here on earth. So you can take care of your time when you're studying. So you can take care of your time when you're together with your friends. So you can take care of the time when your kids are small. So you can take care of the moment you're in right now. Because so often we're just longing to the next moment or to the next season. If I can just arrive to the next season, everything will be fine. And then we get to the next season, we're just waiting for the next season. But life happens right now. And... Eleanor uh, Powell, she said that what we are is God's gift to us. And what we become is our gift to God. What we are is our gift, uh, what we are is God's gift to us. And what we become is our gift to God. You can give a gift to God with the life that you are living. That you are living with a purpose, that you are giving something back to God. Okay. The message that I am going to preach today will be called Miracles in the Dust. And I'm going to speak about this because, you know, your time is limited. Our time, all our time is limited. We cannot get more time. We can invest our time in a better way, but we cannot get more time. It's limited, but your potential, it's limitless. Your time is limited, but your potential is limitless. God has given you an enormous potential that is inside of you. And that is what I'm going to speak about today. Uh, my first point for today is the potential is in the dust. The potential is in the dust. Alright, and we're going to go to, to the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1 and 1. Um, it's written like this. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God hovering over the waters. So when, when God created heavens and earth. The earth was empty. It was in, uh, uh, formless and it was darkness. But the Spirit of God was there hovering over the water. Okay? And for us, it's, it seems like not much potential. For us, reading about the earth, formless, empty, and dark. You know, it's like, it's nothing. But for God, this place was full of potential. God was going to do something fantastic with this place. If we continue to read in verse 11, it's written that, then God said, let the land produce vegetation. 
let the land produce vegetation. The land is already there. It's, it's darkness. It's empty. It's formless. Now God is speaking to the land to produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, trees on the land that bears fruit with seed in it, according to the various kinds. And it was so. Then God continue his, his creating a lot of things, speaking a lot of things out. But in verse 24, again, God is saying, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God is not making trees flying out of heaven down to earth. God is not taking a lot of seeds, you know, throwing it from heaven down to earth. No, He is speaking to the land to produce it. God is not taking a giraffe, you know, throwing it over to earth, taking in an elephant, you know. It's coming out of the land. The potential was in the ground that was formless, empty, and, and dark. But when God spoke to this place, something came out of it. The potential was in the dust. It was in the dirt. God was speaking to it and it came to being. Uh, but, it, it, but when God created, it's very interesting. All the potential needed for this creation was in the dust. Everything you see around you, it come from what was already there. But, but God was speaking it into existence and it came out. So the miracle is in the dust. God is prophesying it. He's speaking it into existence. Okay, when, when, when God was then going to reveal himself for for the creation, it's written in verse 26 that then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, so God is now creating mankind in his own image. God is taking dust. He's forming a man of dust to reveal who he is. You come from dust. You will return to dust. God took you of dust. He formed mankind out of dust. Can you see how everything is coming from the earth, from the dust? God is bringing it out. Mankind should rule over everything else. Should care about the whole creation. God took us out of dust. Um. To reveal who he was. Everything else was revealing in one way God's glory. And that there is a creator behind of everything. But we were created into his image. So, so we are in one way symbolizing God. We, we, are, we are representing God on the earth. Are you with me? Alright. And... So, so when, when, when you're longing for a miracle and you, you're, you're looking up to heaven and you're asking, a, asking God for a miracle, it's very likely that God is looking down to earth and He's saying that the, the miracle is already there. You just have to see it. It's already there somewhere and He's going to bring it out. You are looking up to heaven, but God is looking down and He said it's somewhere there. And, and God is asking you, what do you have? And you say, I don't have much. I don't have what I need. I'm, I'm, I'm in lack. I'm in need. And God is saying, but take what you have and, and use it for my glory. And I'm going to change it into a miracle. You know, many miracles is not for you. 
often we just care about miracles for us. But often you have something and, and in your hands it's not a miracle. It's just dust. It's nothing. But when you take it and you give it to someone else, it will be a miracle. One day when I was here in, in, at, at, at work in the Bible school, I was, I was sitting on my office. And I just felt something nagging me on the inside. Saying, go, go and take out 500 crowns and give to this and this student. 500 crowns, it can seem like... This is not so much. I mean, it's something, but it's not so much. It can be dust for some. It can be dirt for some. But I went, I took it out, and I was giving it to this student that was crying. Because it was a prayer answer. It was his miracle. What is dust for you might be someone else's miracle. Um, so don't say, oh, this, this is nothing. Uh, some of you know the story with the widow in, in, in First Kings. We can read about, about the widow that is, her husband have died and now, now they're going to take her, her two, the creditors is coming to take her two, two sons as slaves. And she has nothing left. She cannot afford, you know, she cannot sustain her family anymore. And she's coming to the prophet Elisha because her husband had also been a prophet and, and she's now asking for help. And Elisha is saying, so how can I help you? What do you have in your house? And she said, I, I have nothing. The only thing I have is some, some olive oil. It's nothing. It's just dust. It's just dirt. It's nothing. And Elisha is answering and he's saying, go around to, and ask all your neighbors to bring empty jars. And then you take your olive oil and you pour it into the jars. And when she did, it keep on flowing. And she was, so she was filling up all the jars with the little oil she had. Often God wants to take something you have and turn it into a miracle. Amen? Uh, so my question for you today is, what is your dust? For the woman, it was some oil that she overlooked. No, it's nothing. It's just oil. But what is your dust? What, what is it that you have that you've been overlooking where your miracle might be or that might be a miracle for someone else? Maybe it's your working place. You're going to your work every day and, and you don't really like it, but it gives you the money. But maybe there is people on your working place that you can be the miracle for. For you, it's just dust. For you, it's just a way to provide. But if you're going there with a purpose, if you're changing your mind about your working place, if you're going there and bringing your best, God might lift you up and give you another position. Maybe you go there to bring joy to someone else, to bring hope to someone else, and that will be their miracle. What are you overlooking? What is your dust? Maybe it is your finances. You say, oh, I, I never have enough. It's never enough for me. But if you take some of what you have and you're sowing it, you're giving it to someone else, it might be a miracle. What are you doing with the things that you feel is insignificant? Maybe it's your friends. You have some friends and you feel, oh yeah, but they are not really good friends. But, but what, what about if you treat them differently? What if you invest in them? What if you build them up? What if you're encouraging them? What if you honor them? What is it that you can turn into a miracle that is close by, that you've been overlooking? Maybe it is your kids. If you have kids, sometimes you can feel, okay, this is, I mean, it's the biggest blessing, but it's a lot of work. But there is no limit on the potential that is in your kids. It's no limit. 
Or in, if you don't have kids, maybe someone else's kids or someone else's fr- or, or a friend or, or, or someone close to you. There is no limit. Maybe you should just put that f- extra effort speaking something into them and saying you can become everything that God has planned for you. Maybe you can start to prophesying over them and saying God is with you. God is going to do this. And speaking things out over someone. Maybe it's not your kids. Maybe there is someone else close. But if you just start to prophesy over them, speaking things out, say, you know, just speaking out talents you see in someone else that might bring out their best and they can reach your full potential what we see as dust in the eyes of God is often full of potential and it is a miracle for God the miracle is in the dust are you with me okay my second point is what is in your hand what is in your hand Many of you know who Moses was that was going to lead the Israelites out of slavery. They have been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. And, and, and Moses, he was, he was a Hebrew that was raised in, in the house of Pharaoh. And, but, but one day God was calling upon Moses in the burning bush. And he told Moses, go and deliver my people out of Egypt. And Moses said, that, but what if I go and they don't believe that you are really sending me? And, Moses, and God told Moses, what do you have in your hand? Nothing. It's just dust. It's, it's, nothing. It's, it's a staff. It's nothing. He said, threw the staff on the ground. And when Moses threw it on the ground, it turned into a snake. And then, then, then God told him, take it up again. He took it, the snake in the tail and it became a staff again. And he said, if they don't believe you, just threw the staff on the ground and they will see this miracle. God wants to use something you have and turn it into a miracle. In, in John chapter 6, uh, Jesus is preaching for the masses. And they can see that everyone is hungry. And, and Jesus is say, telling his disciples, give them something to eat. And they say, we have nothing. Let me see, I have some pictures here too. And, and, and they say, we, we have nothing. Should we go really and buy food for all of them? But after a while, it comes a, a, a small boy with two fishes and five breads. And they're bringing it to Jesus. You know, this looks like dust. It looks like nothing. It looks like, what can we do with this? But when they put it in the hands of Jesus, he was blessing it, breaking it. He was multiplying it. And he was feeding the masses with, with two fishes and some bread. When Jesus was on the wedding in Cana, Cana in, in, in John chapter 2, and they were running out of wine and it was a disaster on this wedding. No more wine. And, and they came to Jesus and said, said um, and, and, and Jesus' mother Mary told the servants on the wedding, do whatever he says. And Jesus said, fill up this water yours that you used to wash yourself in. You know, it's really a dusty place. You're washing your hands so you're clean before you're eating. He said, fill them with water and bring it out to the the master of, of the banquet. And what they did, they had been turning into wine. God took something ordinary, something in front of them, turning it into a miracle. This is God's way of doing things. What is it that you're overlooking? What is it that you treat as dust? God can turn it into a miracle if you just see it, if you call it out. Amen? When, when, when the whole Philistine 
army, the enemies of Israel, was, was standing uh, ridiculing the Israelites. When a man named Goliath, that David spoke about before here, was stepping out every day, mocking the Israelites, ridiculing them, making fun of them. And no one dared to go out and face them. But it was a young man named David going out with a couple of stones. It looks like nothing. It looks like in, 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 insignificant. It looks like dust. But with his sling, it could become a miracle. And he defeated Goliath. And Israel won a victory. Maybe you have something in your hand. Maybe you have a talent. Maybe you have a resource. Maybe you have a person that you could build up that can be a miracle for someone else. What is in your hand? What have God given you? My third point is God doesn't waste a miracle. When God created everything... Um, he, I mean, he'd been creating the earth and he was now calling out, uh, calling to the soil to produce uh, veg, uh, uh, vegetation. He was calling to the, to the ground to produce beasts and animals and so on. Uh, but, but he waited into some, something had to happen before. And I want you to see this. In, chapter, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, we can see that. Uh, it's written that this is the account of the heavens and earth when it was created. When the Lord God made, made the earth and the heavens, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord had not sent rain on earth and there was no one to work the ground. So God been speaking to the ground to produce it. But it didn't grow before God let water come to it. And God was waiting because he had no one to work the ground. Someone had to work the ground. Someone had to take care of the miracle like God was about to do. God never wastes a miracle. When God had been multiplying the food to the masses, it was a lot of leftovers. But he told his disciples, go and gather all the leftovers. Because God doesn't waste a miracle. Sometimes when we are waiting on God for a miracle, He's waiting on us. Maybe you're waiting for a financial miracle and you're praying and you're asking God, but if you would get it right now, you would waste it because you don't know how to handle finances. You have no budget, you're spending all you get, you don't even have a saving account. You have no plan that you could use if God was blessing you. Sometimes when you wait on God, He's waiting on you. Maybe you're saying, yeah, I want to lead someone to salvation. But at times you're not ready to take care of the one if someone really got saved. Maybe, you know, when you wait on God, God is sometimes waiting on you. Often we can take a first step. Often we have to get ready. So when God is entrusting us with a miracle, we will take care of it. We will do something with it. Maybe you're wait, waiting on God right now and God is actually waiting on you. Sometimes God doesn't want us just to pray, but He also wants us to prepare. God has a miracle for you. Amen. Let me try to give you some examples. You're praying for a change in a relationship. But, and, and you're praying and you're asking God that this relationship would change. But maybe God is asking, waiting for you to say, 
I'm sorry, forgive me to a person. Maybe it's asking, waiting for you to just have an honest conversation and say what is in between you. You're praying, you're, you're waiting on God, but God is sometimes waiting on you. What about buying someone a gift? What about treating someone very nice? Maybe you're longing for, to experience peace and freedom in your life and you, you're asking God for it and you're waiting on God, but maybe it's waiting on you. Maybe there is something you have to confess in your life. Maybe there is, there is a truth that you have never told anyone about, but you have to open up and dare to tell the truth about yourself. Maybe there is someone you're bitter at that you have to let go of and forgive. I don't know what it is that's holding you back, but sometimes when we're waiting on God, He's waiting on you. And maybe He just wants you to, you know, you wait, you want peace, you're tired of anxiety and fear, but what is giving you this is maybe something that you're watching. You're watching the wrong series on Netflix that is filling you with this. So when you're waiting on God, He's waiting on you to stop with something. God is often waiting on us to take a first step. And when we take a practical step, God can do a miracle. When, 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 when we take a step, God will take a step. When we draw close to God, God is drawing close to us. Uh, God is always ready. God is always willing. But sometimes the thing that will unlock the miracle is on our part. On the Bible school, I've been having so many times people coming to me and say, please pray with me that I will get to work. And the first question I always ask them is, have you written a personal, I mean a CV, a personal letter? No. Have you applied for any work? No. Then I'm saying, I will not pray for you before you have done it. But when you have done it, I will pray for you. Okay? Because how can God bless you if you don't do nothing? How could God uh, provide food for the masses if no one brought this fish or this bread? How could God give this, this widow all of this oil if she had no oil to start? You know, God takes something you have and He is using it. God just waits sometimes for you to produce something so He can bless it. God has a miracle for you. Maybe something you've been overlooking that you've been treating as dust is the miracle that God has for you. Um, yes. Okay. Let's continue to read here. Verse 6. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust. So in, in chapter one, we can see that God created man, but now God explains it uh, more thoroughly in chapter two. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Can you imagine that when God creates something into his image, he's using dust? He's taking dust in his hands and he's forming it and, and, and it becomes a living being. He's breathing into his nostril, his own breath, his own life. And that becomes a living being. And then in verse, verse 8 it's written that now, now the Lord God had planted a garden in, in the east, in the Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that was pleasing to the eye and good for food. 
God doesn't waste a miracle. God is creating everything. God is speaking to the ground to produce trees and seed-bearing plants. But then He waits. He gives us no water in to have someone that can care for it. So maybe your miracle is waiting, I mean, you are waiting on a miracle, but maybe the miracle is waiting on you. Because you have to prepare. You have to get ready. You're praying to meet someone, but how about asking someone to go on a date? You know, often there is one practical step we can take that will take us closer to the miracle. Sometimes when God, you are waiting on God, God is waiting on you. There is something in your life that you've been overlooking. There is something in your life that you've been treating as dust. This is nothing. But if you take this dust, if you speak to it, then it can be a miracle for you or for someone else. When God was going to reveal His glory in Himself, He took dust, formed a man, breathed His life into it. You know that, that sometimes dust can, be, you know, can, can really... <laughs> with some water can really become a mud and sometimes we feel like we are in this mud we are stuck in this mud we're stuck in this dust the potential is there but it's also the thing that is keeping you back okay let me try to explain it you've been you are waiting for kids you've been praying to God to get kids and then you get kids and they are all over and they are so annoying and they're so disturbing at times and you feel God really the, the potential is right there but you have to work it God was waiting with a miracle to someone could work it maybe your potential is right there and it is more messy than you expected you are waiting for a relationship and then then you meet someone to to, to share life with and then after a while you really realize it's a lot of work. I need a lot of patience. She doesn't think like I think. He doesn't feel like I feel. No. And you have to work it out. The potential, the blessing, everything is there. But you have to work it. And you're waiting on a miracle. But sometimes God is waiting on you to work it out. To, to, to invest into it. Maybe there is a, you know. A forgiveness, a forgive me is your next step. Maybe to just see the potential in someone and speak it out is the next step. Maybe you can encourage someone when we're having the feet out here today that will be part of changing their life and help them to step out into their full potential. The potential is there. The miracle is in the house. The miracle is in the dust. The miracle is in what is overlooked. The miracle is right there. Maybe you're waiting on God, but He's waiting on you. Can we stand up together? You know, God has a tendency to turn our mess into a message, right? It's a mess, it's dirt, it's dust, it's mud. But when God been working it, when, when you've been prophesying to it, when you've been speaking to it, it can be a message. And this message is now testifying about who God is. Back in the days, God revealed Himself by taking dust, forming it to a man. God wants to reveal Himself for you today. When He takes your dust, when He takes your dirt, when He takes your mess, when He takes your mud, He wants to take that that you're struggling with and He wants to help you. He wants to work with you. He will not always do the whole miracle, but, but He will let you work and He will add on. 
is this God or is this me? Sometimes we work together. God is working when you take your first step and God can do a miracle for you. He wants to turn your mess into a message. He wants to turn your test into a testimony and that will reveal who God is. Because God is still the same. God is still the creator of heaven and earth. God is still almighty. God is still on his throne and God is still for you. God loves you. God is on your side. God wants to do a miracle for you. He wants to come through for you and do, you know, perform that miracle but maybe it's waiting for you I want to start today with, with with making a salvation invitation maybe you came here and you didn't know Jesus you you, you have heard about, about God you have heard about Jesus maybe you've been in church many times but you have no relationship with God that is what happened when God had formed the first man and woman was that they, they departed from God. They turned their back against God. And all of us have done it. All of us have been doing what the Bible calls is sin. And that is the whole purpose why Jesus came for 2,000 years ago. He came to take your dirt. He came to take your mess. He came to take your sin and my sin on himself as if he himself had done it and when he was nailed upon that cross he died to set us free he died with your sin and my sin and everything that we are ashamed of and he died together with Jesus and in the body of Jesus and Jesus was laid on in, in the grave but on the third day he rose again from the dead been defeating death been defeating hell and all our sins was buried in that grave so today I want to give you a chance to turn to Jesus. You are dust. You're coming from dust. You will return to dust. But when you give your life to Jesus, you will continue to live even if you die. And you will receive everlasting life because God is living on you inside. And when, when your body one day die here on earth and are buried and is returning to dust, you will keep on living in heaven forever and ever together with Jesus. And I will give you the opportunity today to turn to Jesus and pray a prayer of salvation when He is washing away all your sins and you're getting right with God. So, so if everyone is just closing their eyes right now, I will ask you to raise your hand when I'm counting to three. If you want to pray a salvation prayer and make everything right in between you and God. So you're raising your hand when I'm counting to three. If you want to be saved, if you want to clear everything out with God, if you want to have everlasting life, I'm counting one, two, and three. You just wave to me right now if you want to pray a salvation prayer. If you want to be saved, if you want to come back to God or come to God for the first time, then you just wave right now. Wave with your right hand to me right now. Yes, hold it up high. Just, just wave to me. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful. Do you have someone more that want to raise their hand and pray such a prayer? This is the most important thing that we are doing today. Okay, beautiful. You want to pray such a prayer? Okay, okay. All right, we will do this. If everyone close their eyes and hold their hands in front of them, maybe there is someone more now 
that is praying this prayer and then, then I want you to come up to me right after a service. But right now, I, I want you to pray after me a prayer of repentance. Can the whole church say, Jesus? Everyone say, Jesus, I come to you today. Come on, everyone pray. I come to you today. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me for everything I have done wrong. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. I thank you that you resurrected from the dead for me. And I pray that you will come into my life. I pray that you will take my mess and turn it into a message. Jesus, I want, want to know you. Say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Live in me. From this day on, I want to be your disciple. Amen. Amen. Yes. So if, if, if you are praying this prayer, I want you to come up to me right after the service. If this was now, you took this step. All of you are praying, but if you prayed it and were entering into a new relationship with Jesus, come up to me right after and just let me know. Because it's written in the Bible that if we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth, we will be saved. We're going to sing a worship song now and then I will do one more invitation. You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.